0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Yo, what's going on?
2: Everything and nothing, brother. Everything and nothing.
1: All righty. figure we give the people a little music to, to vibe out to before we get started. I heard you making the announcement. Tell the people one more time what they in for. Uh,
2: intellectual ignorance. That's what you are in it for. <laughs> <This> is...
0: <coughs>
2: Make no mistake. We are about to get ignorant in here with some intelligence all mixed up in it. So let's get it down. Welcome to TNC Radio. The next chapter where we will always be diving into open, in-depth conversations about dreams, Determination and dedication and the journey taken to realize it, focusing on transitioning from one level to another and recognizing when and how to move to the next level. Tune in tonight with your host,
3: A <laughs> Town, and
2: Gypsy. And Gypsy Star.
1: Star. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, let's see what we're we getting into tonight. Well, tonight we will be uh, doing a part two on what we were discussing last week, which was uh, the Byron Allen case. Um, that's being well that was heard in the Supreme Court uh, right now. The justices are deliberating, and we are expected to get a ruling on the case by June of 2020. That's when it's expected, when the ruling is expecting to come down. Okay. It's a long time, uh, eh? Hey, man, listen, I'd rather take a slow baby <laughs> over a quick no any day. So, <laughs> yeah. but in the meantime, in between time, um, we need to... Uh, Kind of see what 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 that leads the people, not just black people, but people, but all people, because uh, this has this case has major ramifications all across the board, uh, not just for telecommunications, but for hell every aspect of your life. <laughs> um, and yeah. this is something that you need that we need to be uh, looking at, but. Uh, I'm not going to get into that um, because I'm just going to be straight ignorant about it. So I want you to, take, them to co- take it to college real quick, A-Town, and fill the people in <laughs> on what exactly this means. <laughs> I just want to take your line.
2: Negro's going to start. <laughs> um, Lord, so let's get into the importance of this. The importance of this case is there's a clause, and I don't have it in front of me because, like, I've been driving, so I, I'm literally just pulled over on the side, chilling, doing the show. I was about to um, control the board from my from my um fire tablet, but yeah. So what happened was there's a clause in the civil rights where it talks about um civil rights protection, where it talks about grounds and justification for finding somebody or something racist or violating your civil rights and it's and it was a or statement where it was this or that <clears throat> so the current case is based on Byron Allen who actually won 30 billion dollars 20 billion against um against um Comcast and I think Ten billion against um, Viacom, I think are the main two. Charter, it was charter, charter and Viacom. Yeah, so twenty million against Charter, 10 bi- 20 billion against um, Charter, ten billion against Viacom. So what happened? You know, it went to a regular court and an appellate court. He won on both. So now, you know, as I'm just gonna say that the news say it, says it,
4: Trumps. Excuse
2: me Trump's Justice Department under Bill Barr Partnered Think about this The Justice Department partnered With a defendant In a discrimination case And is backing The company Who has been accused of discrimination And Found guilty twice So think about this Let's get some implications. A company, two companies, who were found in violation of the civil rights statute by two courts are now being supported by the justice system department, and we say justice in quotes, to help them avoid being found guilty of racism. So think about this. The justice department is openly defending somebody who's already been found guilty of violating Byron Island civil rights twice, and the, what the Justice Department is saying is that Viacom um, and Charter was that Charter and who Comcast whoever Charter was it again Yeah, Charter and Comcast Charter and Comcast. <clears throat> They're saying that both of them had reasons other than race as the factors that decided not to broadcast any of Byron Allen's TV shows, And so now they're saying because race was not the only reason, they're not saying that race wasn't a reason, but that race wasn't the only reason that now it's okay. Because the clause, what they're arguing is that the clause in the civil rights, um, the um, language in the civil rights clause is saying that the only reason that someone can be in violation of the civil rights of another person, if the only cause and reason was ethnicity or race. But if it's ethnicity and race and something else, then it's okay, because... It's not a violation of your civil rights because they have other reasons. But what they're not putting in there is how it weighs out. In other words, would the other things mean anything if race wasn't involved? Because this comes up because some of the reasons they use for not broadcasting some of Byron Allen's shows, where they were talking about bandwidth and size and whatever other factors come into play when broadcasting a TV show. But at the same time, they actually started broadcasting shows that were owned by white people who were less proficient, and I'm using proficient because I know the term, less proficient in those areas than Byron Allen. But then they were saying that there was something different about him. So the criteria that they used to kick out Byron Allen (laughs) was not criteria that they used when they let other people who happen to be white and own, you know, TV shows, networks to put their stuff up. So now that becomes the big problem because now if they say that race and ethnicity have to be the only cause and just anything else, it now basically legalizes discrimination. And they did something like that. Cause we mentioned it last week. They did something like that with, Texas, because Texas was one of those states that were found in extreme violation of civil rights. So they were put on a watch list of civil rights people, so of, civil, of states that, um, that had to be watched for civil rights, civil rights violations. So we'll put it this way. When states back in the day were found to be egregiously out of line with the um, new civil rights policies, they were put under the civil rights statute saying that now anything that you do regarding this has to be approved to make sure you're not being racist anymore. So what Texas took the people to court about was saying that that statute for them was outdated and that they have made amends. So they don't need to be under civil rights watch. Therefore they don't need to have it, their decisions approved by the civil rights clause, And then they went on to argue that though some of the redistricting or gerrymandering, uh, gerrymandering, as they're calling it, discriminated against clearly and put people of color clearly in an adverse situation, what Texas said was that wasn't the intention. We intended to do this, but that was an unwanted result. And so... Supreme Court being, you know, the people that they are, they (laughs) they found that only in one of 10 cases was Texas in violation of the civil rights statute because it was such a gross dereliction that there couldn't have been any other major motivating factor except race. But in the other 10, where they did admit that people of color were adversely affected on a higher rate than any other people, where they were saying it wasn't a gross negligence to the point where they could say it was the only reason. And since discrimination was not the main reason that they did it, everything could stand because it wasn't their intention to be racist. And so now the the Supreme Court has this history now, even though it's one case, where they basically said that accidental discrimination and racism is okay. And that racism and discriminatory outcomes are only pertinent to the civil rights clause or the civil rights laws if That was their sole intention. But if they had another intention, and it just so happened that discrimination or racist outcomes correlated with these processes, as long as that wasn't their intention, the unintentional racism and discrimination can stand. But now this is on a bigger level, because the Civil Rights Clause itself wasn't being judged in the Texas case. It was whether or not Texas fell under it and why or why not. But now the Justice Department is actually arguing that this is what the intent of the Civil Rights Clause was and therefore any other case that is argued under the Civil Rights Clause will now be under this this scrutiny And under this strict interpretation where it says if you have any other reason for discriminating other than race, it does not fall under civil rights. Now, that doesn't mean you can't sue for like unfair labor practices, this, that, and the other, but it basically defangs the civil rights clause to the point where if I could say, okay, this thing with you, Gypsy. You know what? I don't like him because he's black, but also don't like him because he's a DJ and the DJ stole my woman. I don't like him because he has turntables and you know and I got a I and I got an iPod. I don't like him because he's married and I'm single and I don't like him because he's in shape and I got a gut. But the main reason I don't like him is because he's black. But because he has all these other things that I don't like. I can discriminate against him and it's okay, long as my only reason for discriminating against you isn't because you're black. So now I just gotta find other reasons not to like you. And so you still can have recourse under the law, but just not under your civil rights. Yeah, so that's what we're dealing with. How is that for something hokey? <laughs> you
1: know what I'm saying? Well, it's like I always say. You know, I didn't I, you know, I I've been in places where I was at a uh, Kanye West, well, before we canceled, where before Black folks were just done with Kanye. Um <laughs> I, I was at a uh event in New York. He was he came on stage and this white guy asked me. He said, "Hey, you seem pretty cool And you know If Kanye West You know He says the n-word In his round. <laughs> so if I'm singing along with it You know I'm not racist or anything Would you be upset If I sang along with the song I'd say yeah Just uh, Edit where it's appropriate Well I mean Kanye, Kanye is singing it I'm not a racist. If it comes out accidentally racist, it's not. You know, I don't mean it like that. And I politely had to tell him that, you know, I accidentally push your push your teeth teeth down your throat. I'm not really trying to be aggressive. <laughs> <him>. I just <laughs> so if I accidentally whoop your butt, I'm
2: not trying to be aggressive. <laughs> it just happens. Right.
5: Hey, we so got Dr. Phil in the house Hey fellas How y'all doing
1: Hey, hey Hi, man. Hi. How are
5: you <laughs> Can y'all hear me okay I've been having some technical difficulties So I apologize for well, being Well, no, What
2: did you say we can't hear you okay Because you're having technical difficulties Did you say that again No, <laughs> <laughs> no <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, Okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to get off it. I'm going to get off it. I'm going to get off it. So, yeah, so that's so up
5: what you were saying, racism. Yeah. I'm, How do you feel about I'm it, Dr. About Phil? Oh, yeah, um, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about that. Um, simply because I grew up in the South where it was uh, predominantly you know, white, Caucasian area. And the way... We grew up um, with some of the people, you know, we just kind of adapt to each other as family, be it black or white, where you still have the typical stereotype that thought, we, that thought they were superior and we were inferior. And that always stuck with me um, because I pretty much had to fight off and on. Uh, with the opposite color. Um, and most of my high school friends, it was a small rural town that I grew up in, uh, most of the guys dated white women because everybody was a cousin. So <laughs> they didn't really... <laughs> it's the truth. I was like, I could not date anybody. That's your cousin. Everybody was anybody, their cousins. Cousins. <laughs> everybody was cousin. And it was like, okay, I got to get out of here. So I flew back to the north um, very quickly where um, that's where I met, you know, um, my significant other and had children and got married and just felt like for the first time in my life, I was accepted and at home, so to speak. Um, I don't I don't want to sound prejudiced, but when you've been around it, uh How can I say 60% of your life? It makes you have a bitter taste in your mouth when you see our own um, bicker and go against each other. Now, nobody's perfect by far. Um, And as far as uh, what's his name, Brian Allen, Um, I didn't really know that much about him. But I love what he stood for. And the fact that he is going that extra mile to prove his rights, uh, not just because he's black, but simply because he's trying to do the right thing, I think we should stand behind him, whether we know him or not. Um, because I know most other races, they do that. Whether that person's wrong or right, whether it doesn't matter, they automatically. Take that person in like a shelter. You know what I'm saying? They automatically protect them. Mm-hmm. When you see these little white girls missing, uh, you know, somebody didn't snatch them up. You have towns and counties searching for them um, that don't even know them, crying because of a loss or whatever the case may be don't even know this girl from a, from a can of paint. Um, people coming from afar, giving to the family. Um, it's not like that with us. You know, um, not too long ago there was a little girl found in a shallow grave under some leaves. Um, she's been missing for months. She's all of a sudden disappeared out of the system. And nobody Nobody paid any attention until it it became, you know, world news, or not really world news, but known nationwide. And it, it, it took months for it to even scratch the surface, but you didn't see crowds looking for her. You didn't see unknown neighbors looking for her. Um, and I think that's what bothers me the most because here it is, 2019, getting ready to be 2020, and we're still treated as if we're inferior. And as far as Kanye and some of the other rappers that are out there, um, I don't just, um, how can I say, stand up for my own just because. I stand up for mine simply because. Um, I feel that's the right thing to do. And, you know, if I'm wrong, maybe I am. But I just feel like that's what we don't have enough of. Um, I read a little bit on Brian Adda, uh, Brian Allen, and I, I applaud the brother. I don't hate him for marrying the opposite race. I don't hate him for not being so public to the black community. I applaud him for making it and making a difference. Um, in his own, because even though he wasn't that popular of a night show host or uh, that big of a comedian, he still made a difference. He surpassed those stereotypes, and he changed his life. Nobody had to give him a handout. He did it. And nobody gave him an applause for that. But I noticed now that he's stepping out of the norm and stepping on some people's toes. They want to block them. And so, yeah, I have, a, I have a hard time swallowing that pill because it's not fair and it's not right. And we have forefathers that have fought and fought and died and bled just so we could vote or just so we can drink out of the same water fountain or just so we can walk the same neighborhood. They died for us. And we have kids who don't even know who Martin Luther King is, or barely knew Malcolm X was, could care less about. Um, oh God, some of the other you know leaders that have stood for us, and it's not being prejudiced it's just being real. When are so we going to get on there? Mm-hmm. So
2: that's the thing about it. We have to stop worrying about this justification, because the thing about right. it is we have foregone like self determination, protection and pride mm-hmm. in the name of worrying about how it looks. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, mm-hmm. at the point that you worry about how it looks, whether you know it or not, you are actually questioning the validity of your struggle. And I'll give you an example, right? Think about right. if you had a little your child like eight or nine walking down the street, right? And this person comes up and starts beating on your child. And the first thing you think before you protect your child is I have to protect, I have to think about how it's going to look Mm -hmm. when I'm protecting my child before I decide to protect my child. And if I can't come to a conclusion about how it's going to look, I'm going to let my child get beat. Until I figure it out. Now, me, I don't care how it looks. Like, I'm a man who don't hit women, don't put my hands on sisters. But if a sister was to lose her mind and start beating on my kid, I don't care how it looks. I'm punching her in the mouth. Like, I'm not going to sit up there and try to negotiate with her because she's a female. I can't hear it because it's a female. So, wait a minute. I'm going to let this crazy chick beat my my children down and harm them because I'm worried about how it's going to look. At that point, I'm actually questioning the validity and nature of my child's abuse. I'm actually equating the allowance of letting my child get abused to social norms and social perspectives. I can't protect my child unless it's socially acceptable. You can kiss my behind. At the point that any human being attacks my child, you just become a human being who attacks my child. I don't care if you're a midget. I don't care if you're a giant. I don't care if you're male or female. At the point that you put my children in harm, I don't consider how it looks for me to protect my child. I'm going to protect my child. And so what happens is what we, we realize, we actually bring the nature of our struggle into question when we think like that. And I'm not getting on you about that. I'm just saying... That's something prevalent in what we do. But so let's, let's, let's do this. Let's take care of business first real quick. This is, uh, this is The Hour Network. This is TNC Radio. And we are talking about Byron Allen. We're talking about um, his situation. And today, you know, we're going to get into action steps. And, again, these are just our ideas and what we think. These are not guaranteed, proven, you know, um, means to an end that's going to guarantee our people freedom. But we believe, and when talking about it, we should have some idea about what we're going to do about it. So, um, you know, if you have an opinion about Byron Allen, about what's going on, or any suggestions about what to say and do about it, you can call in at 646-668-2574. Again, 646-668-2574. And you can say whatever on your mind. You know, we we're not going to block you, but there is there is a caveat to that. You can't come up here and just say stupid joke cuz then we will hang up on you. Like you can't call up and say <laughs> pigs ain't pork and the sky is gray, purple and pink because lilies float in the clouds. Yeah, we hanging up on you. We're not dealing with that. But if it's just your opinion whether we agree with it or not, we're going to listen to it. But you got to come here speaking some, some some sort of coherent, you know, concepts or ideas. You can't just call up, you know, or blatantly say anything, say stuff that's false. But as long as you're coming in, we want to hear whatever you got to say. <clears throat> this is 646-668-2574. This is the D Hour Radio Network, and this is TNC Radio. So with me getting into it, yeah, I got stuff to say. <laughs>
0: but,
1: oh, most definitely. Huh? Well, I am want to chime in real quick. Um, Go ahead. Because there is one thing that I'm going to say that I believe is a tried and true proven method. Since we're talking about action steps. And I think we all kind of touched on it. And even in even in we always go back to the civil rights era, right? In 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 action steps, right? The first thing that, that had to happen in the civil rights era, a lot of them jokers had to learn. The reason why that happened is because of we gotta we gotta take it back. Past. Before 1950, we got to take it back to 1930, 36, 1940, when we were in World War II. See, World War II really did change the world, okay? You can't tell a black dude who was living in France, liberating France, helping to liberate European countries, was treated with as much respect as their white counterparts that they have to come back here and endure Jim Crow slavery, not just in the South, but in the North as well. As, Mar- as Malcolm X said, anytime you stop of the Canadian border, you <laughs> south. So they wasn't having it at that point. So that's when a lot of that stuff jumped out there because those, those young men and the women who were with them realized that, hey, I am a man. I am a woman. I am a human being, damn it. And I deserve these inalienable rights that I have fought and lost limbs and lost sleep and lost loved ones. To obtain. So they learned through the book of life what what some of them could not get in their educational system. And then going further into the 60s, you get into the 50s and then the 60s when the Pan-African movement really started jumping off and caught fire in America. You saw brothers with dashiki, brothers and sisters with dashikis on and the and the big blowout afros and growing the beards and all power to the people. They learned who they were. They went back and learned about Bass Reeves. They grew up watching the Long Ranger on TV, but they found out that Bass Reeves was the original Long Ranger. Okay? They they were able to Go back and talk about not just Tulsa riots, but they were able to go and tell you about Mansa Musa over in Africa, the Ashanti warriors, and that whole thing. So they began to learn who they were pre slavery. So anytime you learn, you have to get that is the first step in action and taking action. You have to learn who you are, where you come from. And yes, slavery changed a lot of that. But we we are the most we are we are in a generation where we have the most information ever in human history. I have there's a two year old that can get on that can get on a online and look up any and everything what they want. They want. So why isn't it that we're teaching them about something other than how to do the Dougie or the the, the Molly Wap or whatever the hell, you know, little Uzi Burt wearing a skirt and all this other crap. Why are we teaching them more than that? See, so that's the first step. Because then when you, by the time you get to Byron Allen, going to the Supreme Court and the justice systems and all of this, that and the third, now I know about who I am and why I'm great. So none of that stuff at the beginning, middle, and end of the day won't matter. Because because at the same time everybody talks about the athletes, right? Oh, this, this mm-hmm. that, and the third. What if LeBron Jane what if LeBron James and every other top tier athlete in every sport, like they did in the '60s, rallied behind and rallied behind Ali and said, "Nah, we gonna get together and form a coalition." And all of those just and everybody set out just one game. How much money would everybody lose? Mm. You can't find you can't find a, you can't find it. You, you can't find a basketball team without a black star on it. Maybe the Cavs. Now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, can the Cavs. We can No, the have no, no, got some black people, brother. We we can't get rid of, get
1: no, rid I of them. Star. You know.
2: I said star. I said star. I said
0: star. Well, I, I, star. I
2: mean that's because. I mean, it's it's a build up, and you got young bucks, but they got some brothers who are, are who are burgeoning stars. They're stars to okay. be. Okay. Okay. But even but I just, even I, still.
4: I just don't want my I just don't want my
2: city singled out like that. Like the only team ain't got no black people on it that stars is Cleveland. Can't we add like, and then another city like, damn like we used to say Boston, but you know, them jokers looking blacker than Compton now. Uh. Right, right, <laughs> so, right, right. So yeah, so um, Noted. but let's get back. Let's let's, let's get back because before we got to the action steps, because action steps come next. we were we we're you know talking about our opinions about where everything was and how everything is happening. And so, what you know, I want to get to is, you know, we need to really realize. The impact that things have on us, but this is the problem. To know the impact, you have to understand the situation. To have to understand the understanding situation, you got to research and know the situation. And we have a lot of apathy. And I'll give you an example from, um, you know, just dealing with education.
0: <clears throat>
2: my ex, my ex-wife worked at a charter school in um in the Bronx and the person who headed up and did their their curriculum, I think his name was Mr. Shannon, right? And he called it the Shannon plan. He said it's not about the students and it's not about the teachers. He said if you have a great program and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know if he said that, but basically he was saying if you have a program that works and you work it, the program will work. And then my, my ex asked her, she said, well, if that's the case, why do we have teachers who are failing? Like if it, if it's, if it's that simple about getting it to work, if it works, she said, why do we have teachers are failing? And basically he said, two reasons, either incompetence or apathy. You know, and and that is a big thing that we don't deal with. And I'm not saying incompetence like where, you know, we're too stupid to learn this, that, and the other. We're talking about incompetence dealing with the lack of understanding and knowledge of how things work. And then the apathy that comes with either giving up, whether it's, you know, learned helplessness or hopelessness, and then just learning to complain about th- complain about whatever happens, and then say, "Well, we didn't have say so in it anyway." And so what we end up with is we end up with people who are either incompetent, incapable, well, like incapable, better, and or apathetic. And so now what do, what do you do with a people who are incapable or apathetic when it comes to the most critical parts of their lives? But that's the only way that they're going to get out is if they're knowledgeable and they're and they're, and they're proactive. And I'm not, of course, I'm not talking about, you know, everybody in it, you know, everybody, black person this, but we have to be honest. There's never been a system of oppression or discrimination that existed when the mass of the people rose up against it. I mean, think, look at stuff going on in Hong Kong and all these other places, you know, where people have literally just Egypt and other places where, you know, people literally just walked out and like, you know, we're going to storm the streets until things happen and things might not be perfect and they didn't rectify all the situations, but believe me, they got a response to at least some of their basics because the country can't survive in chaos. And we're not in the days where you can be futile and just impose some kind of martial law or randomly kill, you know, masses and, and, and incarcerate masses without, you know, striking a court on a global on the global um, field, and then
0: Unless putting black. you in
2: harm's way. Well, I mean, even, as, even, as, as, even with black folks, hold up, even with black folks, America still purports to care and want to do things for black people, but then they just create negative and oppressive systems that put it in a position where you just merely being black and alive can put you in a dangerous situation. But they are not overtly just saying, you know what? we going to kill and lock up black folks. That's our methodology, and if you don't like it, forget you. What they do is they create these little catch-22s, these double-bind situations, where if you're black and alive, you're going to get in trouble and then say, hey, they brought it on themselves. But even America is not so bold as to step out on the, American, on the global stage and say, you know what, we're going to punish black folks strictly for the fact that they're black and we don't care how it sounds or how it looks. If they're black, they're getting punched. They're not going to do that because then that's going to trigger a whole other thing. So they have to make it look like, you know, it's, it's our ineptitude and inability to compensate and deal with a just and civil situation. And then we therefore put ourselves in these positions where we deserve what we get. But what I'm saying is we're in a position where we have to be knowledgeable, and proactive and we cannot deal with incompetence and capability or apathy but we are apathetic i mean we got black folks who are refusing to vote saying it doesn't matter and then when trump and the rest of these people start pulling this stuff off and now you got somebody in heading the justice department who is siding with racist policies as identified by lower courts now everybody is tripping like how you're the one who said that your vote don't matter and that, you know, it doesn't matter who's in office. But the truth of the matter, it does matter who's in office. There's a big difference between Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton and, and Donald Trump. At least Bill but, Clinton but attached his stuff to crime. Hold up. At least Bill Clinton attached his stuff to crime and attempted to make it look like he was going after an elephant, even if the attempt was back black people. Think about it. We got a Justice Department now that when somebody is found to be racist, if this becomes a tradition, the Justice Department comes to defend them and say as long as racism is the only reason they beat your butt, it's okay. See, it's a big difference between having to be framed for a crime to be discriminated against and just having to be alive to be discriminated against. And for those who don't think it's a big difference, let this court decision in June come down like it is. You can be fired from your job then because they say, you know what, it's not only because they were black, it's because you had a bad attitude. And it will be legal. And so that's what I'm saying. It is a difference. So when we sit up here and say, Well, all this doesn't matter. I'm not voting. Well, it's like, okay, you don't vote. You make it easy for them to rig it. You make it easy for them to do the things you say they're doing. And you put yourself in a position where you are allowing someone else to decide who is going to run the laws that run your life. We can't afford that anymore. That's like saying, you know, I don't care if he loads his gun. What if he don't shoot at me? Okay, well, you're on opposite sides. What makes you think he's not going to eventually, when he runs out of people, get down to you? What makes you think that you have somebody who's against you with a gun and you're safe just because they don't know where you are or they're not aiming at you specifically now? Which is the mentality that we have now.
5: And so we have
2: to get out of that.
1: Hold on, A-Time. Hold on, A-Time.
2: No, 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 no. No, because it's something wrong. No, 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 no. No,
3: it's...
2: No, I, I I forgot it. I want to say it now because I'm gonna forget it if I don't say it. I'm not trying to cut you off, but no, no, like you checked me. About me. I'm just the, trying
1: to, I'm just trying to take, get a pause for the, for the, for the to let people ingest with everything that you didn't said, brother. You didn't you you hit it with oh, some, I know it with it, some haymakers.
2: I know, but I want to I want to say this because I forgot it and I wanted to say it and it was what I meant to say in the beginning. I I didn't remember. So okay, for everybody who um don't realize. Who didn't listen to the show? When I was, we were talking about the olden days, I said cowboy, and um, Gypsy checked me in because, like, no, it was cattlemen. They started calling cowboys, you know, when it was black people because they were saying they were boys. And so, this is one of my things, and I always think about it, but I never say it. We have to change the word slavery to enslavement. Because when we say slavery as a system, we say it like we say the justice system or we say like, you know, um, you know, the, you know, you know, the electric grid. We say it as if it is just a policy that everybody bought into. Right. And then this was a part of like when we say slaves. So it wasn't slaves and slavery. It was the enslaved and enslavement, because that implies that it was not a holistic system that people bought into, but it was an imposition that one human put on another. But when we say slavery and slave, we actually normalize it. Because if you were slave, you do that. And if it's slavery, then you expect it to happen. But when we talk about enslaved and enslavement, it changes. And I've been wanting to say that for a minute, and I keep forgetting. So that's it. That's all. (laughs) I'm done with that. But yes, not slavery, not slaves. It was the enslaved, and it was enslaved Mint. okay, now we can take a break
1: all right, <laughs> and as per usual he if i'm if I'm gonna get hit, I'd rather get hit with a book <laughs> <laughs> and that's what and that's what you didn gave up so, because he. Have given us, um, let's just say, a doctoral thesis <laughs> as to what uh, we need to be doing. I'm gonna go from one teacher to another. This is Boogie Down Productions with their classic off of the uh, the original Blueprint album. Okay. <laughs> Get a music. The blueprint of hip-hop <laughs> This is Boogie Down Productions With You Must Learn
0: Learn I'm
4: oh, man, D-Nice D-Nice is in the booth Working oh, harder than ever oh. D-Nice is rocking the sound set tonight We're not broke.
1: Yeah, I told yeah. you. Nowadays, it was called
2: the blue hey <laughs> Nowadays, it's just going to the record store, you gotta go to iTunes or Google Play. But yo, if y'all want to call in, 646-668-2574, this is the next chapter radio on the D Hour Radio Network, where we deal with hmm. dreams, determination, and all them things that are working to get you to the next level. And, you know, the main two hosts. A town and gypsy, where's that? Oh. So? Oh. And then uh, our, our, our regular, our regular co host who'll be coming in now, she's becoming one of us. She's like one of the foes, she's coming to the dark side. Dr. Phil, how are you doing, Dr. Phil?
5: I'm awesome, honey. How are you?
2: <laughs> I'm sexy as ever. I try to fight it, but I can't help it. You know, I'll be trying. <laughs> I be looking at myself like don't don't do that. Don't be so sexy. I just won't stop. I can't you know. I don't know.
5: You're so funny. Um, oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> this is the ignorant intellectual uh platform. So that's what we do. But yeah, <laughs> when well, we we're talking about action steps and what things look like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just go around. Let's do round robin. We just keep going, and you can give more than one idea. But let's everybody give an idea, and then we just keep going in circle and giving ideas. And you know, if we want to stop and talk about one of the points, we can talk about it. But you know, like I said, we need some we need some practical application. You know, and not to get all biblical on folks, mm-hmm. but there's some there's there's a couple very practical on verses in the Bible, you know, that I think sum up the condition of poor and oppressed people across the world. And, you know, and people of color in America in specific, especially the indigenous people. This, and and there's two of them. says for lack of knowledge, my people are dying and without a vision, the people perish. And I think mm-hmm. that right now as black people collectively, and I'm not talking about individually, because there's nothing that exists if it has to be 100%. Except if we're talking about breathing and drinking water. Because those are the only two things that every human being is guaranteed to be doing. What you're eating, how you're eating it, what you're getting it from, who knows. But you are definitely dealing with water and air if you are alive. Other than that, there is no 100%. But as a collective... I don't think people of color in general and black people in specific have a collective vision and I think that we lack the knowledge that we need to get us out of here and mm-hmm. I'll tie it to what Asa Hilliard said. Asa Hilliard said that black folks notice the trappings of power but they don't know what garners power. So they go after the baubles and the things That signal power But they don't actually go after the things That actually garner you power So in other words We had a song First you get the money Then you get the power And you got black folks believing that But that ain't the way it works The first thing you get is the land Then you get the power Mm -hmm. Then you get the money But as long as you have Money and power without land your tenant, and you will pay your landlord. And so it's, and it's getting rid of misnomers like that where you got people going after money and power influence but are not going after it. I mean, think about this. On indigenous reservations, and I hate to say it, but that's just what they call them, you know, you had folks over there saying that they had the right to the land but not the mineral rights to the land because you understand – you can have land and not own the mineral rights to the land that you're on. And someone can buy those mineral rights, come in, take all the minerals and stuff from it, and sell it, and you not get a dime. So when we talk about this stuff, you've got to understand that people who broker power, broker land. To get powerful, they pilfered and they divvied up Africa. If you look at Ray Kroc, McDonald's, they asked him, how does it feel to be one of the biggest in the burger business? And Ray Kroc said, in one interview, he said, I'm not in the burger business. And then he said, what what business are you in? He said, real estate. Because at one point, McDonald's was the biggest owner of real estate in the world. When you looked at all the McDonald's that existed and added it up, McDonald's was the number one land owner of a company in the world. And hmm. so that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, we have to really look at our knowledge and our vision and understand that we have to redefine our terms and learn more. Cause right now, we're getting done in and it's not for lack of power, potential, or you know, in in um how we say, um potential energy. We don't have enough kinetic energy. We got a whole lot of potential, very little kinetic. And so that's what I'm saying, you know, it's just like we need to find a way to turn our potential into kinetic find a vision and find the knowledge that will create this collective. And I'm not saying unity because unity is a myth. There's not going to be any point where all black folks are together. We just want the majority of black folks together to do their thing. All of us ain't got to be down. We just need the ones who need to be down who want to be down. But you know, to get that, that collective where well, we can start moving. And that's where I'm at, dude. Because, like, right now, you know, it is—it's it's funny, man. It's like we're standing next to water and 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 we're dying of dehydration because you know we don't got the good sense to turn around and drink the water. But that's what I thought, you know. And I think, you know, I think, that, you know, with the way things are going, if the just if the, if the um, Supreme Court sides against. Byron Allen, this is the state that we're going to be in, but in the worst condition. Hmm. I know that sounds tough. okay.
5: Okay. Well, um, I I agree, but I disagree. Um, and the reason why I say I disagree, I'll go with that part first, is because. I I truly truly believe um what you said earlier <clears throat> that people uh die because of lack of knowledge that is so true what they don't know they can't pursue um what they don't know they can't create they can't they can't go further unless they know where they're going or how they're going to get there um I'm not trying to get all religious either But I'm a strong believer In the Most High God And, and the Word of God And I know in Second Chronicles one eleven It talks about how God is talking to Solomon And Because Solomon Was humble um, He didn't ask for much The only thing he asked for was knowledge and wisdom And because Of that God made him ruler over his people, he became king. I strongly feel that, yes, we have not because we ask not. And then our faith drops to almost zero because of the hard times and the hardships we've gone through. And we were a really, really suppressed and depressed people. We were in slavery for, what, over 600 years, and now an additional 400 years from the mindset. We were taught that we were ugly. We were taught that we were dark or representing darkness. We were taught that we were less than beings. And when you're constantly conditioning your mind into thinking that you're less than someone else, you start feeling like, Or stop believing that you can have more. Now, even though we've been free from slavery since the 1800s, here it is 2020, and we still settle. Why do we still settle? We're steady pointing fingers, oh, the man's this, or the, the," no, 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 no. I'm a strong believer that we can have whatever we want if we put our minds to it, whether we're together as a people or unity or not. It's just a matter of getting that faithful few and creating that, uh, what you call, um, black city, black market. Um, And I'm not talking about segregation, but really, really making it strong. Um, And I know... A lot of times, yeah, people go back to the day when we weren't free to vote and we weren't free to be ourselves. We were taught like, or should I say, put down like we were slaves, even though we were free. But it still goes to show that it took that long just to walk and stand up for ourselves. I don't know what happened to our generations, but it's it's like it's crumbled, like there's an erosion going on. You know, how sand gets in the water, water hits it so long, it eventually dissolves. The same thing with us. You know, if if we don't try to stick together, we're going to eventually wither away. Our mindsets are too busy trying to be like someone else instead of standing up what we believe in. And we're the only race that yeah, you know, um, we're neglected or rejected by America, but we're also rejected by our motherland, too. Have you noticed any time you're Americanized, they don't really want to have too much to do with you. You can go over there and out well, um, sure if you want to, but they're going to change you dead in the tracks.
1: But, yeah, it's changing well, no, now. That's, 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 that's no, it it no, no. I, mean, I, 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 I want to oh. step in real quick. Cause I, got, 'Cause I cause I have some friends from Africa. I have a friend from Jamaica and we and we have mm-hmm. these conversations often. Number mm-hmm. one, first and foremost, they don't reject us. They I'm not they saying everybody I getting just biblical. A, a, no 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 no. no, no. A, yeah. no hold, hear, me, hear me out. They don't reject mm-hmm. us as much as they mm-hmm. to get bibl- to use a biblical term, rebuke us. They admonish mm-hmm. us. Because here we are, our foreparents came Mm -hmm. through all of this. And as Mm -hmm. you said, this is what you do with that legacy and that struggle. But that's coming from a place of them not also understanding what Mm -hmm. they were colonized. We were kidnapped and enslaved and brought right and brought through a whole nother system where, you know, your name was, you you left Africa, and your name might have been Timbuk when you left. When you got here, your name mm. became James. You
0: mm-hmm. know what I mean?
1: You know, yeah. you went from being Kunta Kente to Toby. No. No. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's so, so, in that, they don't, they look at us like, Okay, even if you don't have that connection to Africa, what Mm -hmm. have you done with from your grandmother to you? How is it that you went from? But but at the same time, you have to look at both Malcolm and Martin. They were both Mm -hmm. right. Okay, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that black folks weren't standing up for themselves. Back in the mm-hmm. day, because they were, mm-hmm. but at the same oh, I know time, that. it was. But at the same time, I don't need to go over to Mister Temp, to Mister Johnson's,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: or or Mister or Mister Majeski's mm-hmm. store, because I can go see Mister Johnson in my own neighborhood and eat this. Mm-hmm. I have an aunt that passed away, and she said. It wasn't until she got older that she learned that pheasant was a delicacy. Mm-hmm. She had been eating pheasant. My grandfather, her father, went shooting and hunting. He got pheasant. They ate, they was living on in the in the quote unquote ghetto, and they was eating pheasant. The same as mm-hmm. somebody who was living out in you know, the haughty 20 parts of Shaker Heights, Ohio mm-hmm.
5: in a mansion
1: mm-hmm. and, and was eating pheasant. It was just cooked what? two different ways. They just, she didn't mm-hmm. know she was eating pheasant. It was just tiny chicken to her. She didn't mm-hmm. know, but she was already eating that stuff. So we've given what? up what we had and the value mm-hmm. of what we had and have and we're still doing that mm-hmm. today. I e the greatest thing that's that's come out, the the last American musical art form, truly American musical art form, mm-hmm. is hip hop outside of jazz and the blues. But just like I dare you to go to a blues club now or a jazz club, you'll find more white folks in there enjoying blues and jazz than you do black folks you go to a hip-hop concert 80% of all hip-hop is bought and sold by white folks you don't even know the history on what we doing but that goes back to that apathy that a town had talked about beforehand so it's not that we didn't stand up for ourselves We are just so benevolent and apathetic that we just give shit away. Well, that's
5: what I was trying to get at. That's what I was trying to get at because we were peaceful people. We were peaceful people. You have those that came over on the Mayflower or whatever and gave us something as simple as a a hatchet or a a doggone feather of of a peacock. And we were <laughs> ooing and on because of, it was different. You know what I'm saying? I mean not like that, but you know what I mean. We were ooing and on and, well, and like ooh and gave them our best. Gave them a whole cave of gold. But that's just how that's the kind of people we are. And have you noticed like that when go ahead. No, go ahead, finish. Go ahead. No, no I was go ahead, just finish. gonna say who, him or me? You, you me? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I was just going to say that because of that, that's all I was trying to say is that we have not because we ask not. If we want peace, we just have to ask for it and create it, even if it means by ourselves and, and get back what we had. A lot of times we can't help but be, you know, kind of, you know, aggressive because of all that we've been through. It wasn't like we were always like that. But that's all I was trying to say. I wasn't saying that Africa hates us and so does America. No, I'm just saying a lot of them reject it because they're a peaceful people. That's all I was trying to get at. They're not used to all this gun silence and us killing one another like we do here in America. You see what I'm saying?
1: No, they get get down over there. The difference between how they get down, because, oh, no, they get down over there believe me, right. black folk and 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 see this is a this is a misnomer when it comes to black folks. We are always mm-hmm. trying to play the role of this vanilla benevolent loving oh and black people are this hell no. Shaka Zulu was one of the most fearsome warriors on the fucking planet. Hannibal, I was in the military. Flanking and all of that stuff still comes from Hannibal. Okay? We taught the world, black folks taught the world every damn thing, everything, okay? Not to say that other people haven't made uh, influences and in this, that, and the other, but we have circumnavigated the globe centuries before Europeans did it, okay? And that's, that's, not, that's not being racist. That's a historical fact. Don't believe me? Take your ass to library and look it up. Anybody who got something to say about it now that's just me being on my little soapbox, but it's one of those things of we can't we can't forget that no, we do have an army and we do have warriors, but we also have scholars. we have everything that that any other society has, and we can't mm-hmm. let one go for the other because it makes people. Feel good Oh okay well I'm not gonna I don't want it to sound racist I don't give a damn what it sounds like It's, 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 it's the truth It's just it, you can go look this up In the library I don't give a damn if it makes you feel some kind of way It's, it's History If you tell people The Boston Tea Party You want to know when the first You want to know a terrorist act it was the Boston Tea Party. But they're not going to teach you that in American history class, but it was. It was an act of terrorism. It was an act of vandalism. That's, it, that's precisely what it was. But, you know, because they were fighting King George, we're going to look at it and say it was a heroic act. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But why can't I have a hit? I can't. Why can't I have a, uh, a hero like Larry Davis in New York going wild on the police because because they was coming to get him at, over some other stuff and he wasn't having. Why can't why can't I say that? Why is it wrong for me to say that? Why is it why do I have to go and talk about Fred Hampton who they're about to do a movie about? In the shadows, why is it wrong for me to to cheer for Martin Luther King and Malcolm X at the same time? Why is it wrong oh, for oh. me to embrace Nat Turner? So, and, and why and you going embrace hold on. Chris's edit? Hold on, let's get
2: let's get, and if y'all want to get in on this, we're talking about action steps and implications of the Byron Allen decision in case it doesn't go our way. If you have anything to say about it, call us at 646-668-2574. Again, that's 646-668-2574. So getting into that, like, so we're we're getting to this. So um, let me, because I am very particular that, you know, when we tie enough stuff, we got to get it together. Because people are gonna be listening to us and we have to say, Listen, we're gonna make mistakes and sometimes we are gonna mix up history. Like I know when my mother got mad, she used to mix up names. She called Terry and when I didn't come, she come and beat my behind talking about why didn't you come when I called you? I'm like, You called Terry She said, You knew who I meant And I'm like, Oh okay, but that don't mean the difference. You 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 called Terry And so so in other words, we're gonna be getting stuff there's a whole lot of information. So but understand that you need to check us on it if we get it incorrect, praise us if we get it correct, and then perpetuate it, you know, when we get it together. And so getting into it, what happened was and and I'll say this because I've had the conversations with people from other places and I've also though I've not been to the continent, I Study under people who were continent experts. Like, that was what they did. You know, the George Dolly, mm-hmm. the White Sutherland, the Paul Hills, um, and like Mutabu Okanja, one of my mentors. And so, what happens is, when they went back, some of the conversations they had gave an insight into the problems that exist between African people. And people of the African diaspora in America and other places, and also on the importance of our narrative. See, what happens is black folks in America, especially through videos and all this other junk, we get propagated as these powerful, free, rich people who just, you know, are miscreants who are misappropriating our goods and our talents and, and our skills and, and our freedoms, and so we're getting looked at in that light. Like he said, like um, Larry was saying, and I got what you're saying, Phil, Doctor Phil. I'm not going there again, but I'm just doing this because it was a point that was brought up. You know, not a rejection, but a rebuke. So what happens is one of my mentors, when they went over there, they said, you know, one of the first questions that they got asked when they got off the boat. or the the plane in this case, Mm -hmm. was, why didn't you come back for us? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. At the point that you got free, why didn't you come back? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it is not just, like, he's talking about rejection. It's it's feelings of rejection on the other end. And, like, one of my friends, he was from Trinidad, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And he said when he used to watch TV about American culture and saw black folks and this, that, and the other, he said, mm-hmm. I literally thought black folks were the laziest and most irresponsible people on the planet because mm-hmm. I'm coming from, you know, I'm coming from a, 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 a island, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, mm-hmm. there's still classism and caste systems that are overt, you know what I'm saying? You know, where oh. people are struggling and, you know, not knowing where your meal is coming from is a cultural thing. And he said, mm-hmm. and thinking, you got all of this stuff and you're just messing it up. He said, but well, once I. Hello? He said, I had a different perspective because, see, I mm-hmm. thought you guys had it all and just weren't using it. Mm. It was just an illusion. Wow. And so what happens is people have this illusion of what it is to be black in America over yeah. black in any other place, you know what I'm yep. saying? And so yep. we have these misconceptions among us that allow us to perpetuate these misnomers and mis- edu- and, and misinformation between us. But right. the biggest thing that exists between people, in the African diaspora, and specifically talking about people in Africa and people in America, is a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of loyalty mm-hmm. and position when it comes mm-hmm. to being there for one another. And because we have white people perpetuating mm-hmm. the concepts and ideas and the images of our cultures, we can have these misnomers. Like, people talk mm-hmm. about Africa. i to go back to Africa. I ain't going back to the As one of my mentors pointed out, there is more uncharted land in South Carolina than there is in Africa. Africa Mm -hmm. is like 80% city. Some of the most Mm -hmm. wonderful advances in architecture and everything exists in Africa, but all they show Mm -hmm. you are, you know, the indigenous people who reject modern culture Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But then when you Mm -hmm. go there, and you start going places, it's like, well, damn, this junk looks better than New York. This junk looks mm-hmm. better than Chicago. This has mm-hmm. bigger buildings, you know, and more intricate structures. But what happens is we allow white folks to paint starvation mm-hmm. in the face of black folks. And mm-hmm. so I said that to say is that there are a lot of misnomers and misinformation that float between us that are not mm-hmm. from art doing. that allow us to have these kind of conversations and conflicts. And then the good part about it is, you know, we get it together and we work it out. But this is one of the action steps. Mm -hmm. um, Gypsy said, you know, it's about knowing where you come from. Part of knowing where you come from and who you are is being in control of your narrative.
0: See, mm-hmm.
2: black folks don't get it. Like, you cannot have a high school teach Irish history. You can't have a high school teach Jewish history. You can't, no. you can't have a high school teach Italian history. You can have mm-hmm. a school teach world history and teach about the contributions. But you better not be in a school that's not ran by that ethnicity and say you're doing that. They will have a fit. You know why? Mm. Because they know whoever teaches your culture and your history controls it. So so when I hear black folks talking about we upset because the school system won't teach us, it's like we're the only people who get upset Mm. that our oppressor won't teach us about ourselves.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Think about that. The oppressed
2: are upset Mm. that the oppressors won't
1: teach them who they are. That just sounds stupid. Dr. Claude Anderson said something and we got to reshape the language. Dr. Claude Anderson said this on a program I was watching. He said they were talking about, okay, you got uh, Latino rights. You have Mm -hmm. women's rights. You got gay rights. Black folks have civil rights. Who the hell is civil? <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Who the hell is
0: civil?
1: <clears throat> but but black folks are always talking about civil rights. They not, uh-uh, but that 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 leaves it open for everybody. We're all inclusive. <clears throat> no nah, hell no. Nah. Listen, if I'm hungry, right? And I got ten dollars in my pocket, and I'm hungry, right? Mm-hmm. You're my brother, mm-hmm. and I and I and I love you, Doctor Phil. You're my <laughs> sister, and I love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got ten dollars in my pocket, and I got ten minutes to get to where I'm going and back, and and get me something to eat. I ain't gonna think mm-hmm. about you, nor <laughs> you, or nobody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feed my belly. Now, right. that ain't being, that's being, you know, hey, well, we all got to eat. Well, all of us need to come with something. If we work <laughs> no.
0: because,
1: no, 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 because I got a, I got a, I got a real good friend of mine, even since I was a teenager, right. won't eat a Chick-fil-A, because She doesn't like how they deal with gays because they're an uber uh, Christian. The owner is uber Christian and I don't like how they deal with gay people. Now listen, I ain't got no problem with gay folks. I don't care. Love who you want to love. But I'm not going to put gay rights over black folks. Y'all not coming yet. I don't see y'all. I don't see them marching for a Black Rights Parade, mm-hmm. a Black Pride Parade. They marching for Gay Rights and Gay Pride. That's they Gay business. Right. But we supposed to include everybody and in everybody's opinion. No, hell no. You take care of your house first, and then you go, mm-hmm. and then you you clean up your backyard, and then you go and look at the neighbor to help the neighbor. If you on the airplane and it's going down, what do they tell you? Put on your oxygen mask first, and then help um, the person next to you. Black folks well, want see, to thing, next to them while they while they passing out.
2: Well, see, this is the thing about it is, and this is where I want to get, where I want to also talk about. Black folks have to start developing symbiotic and reciprocal relationships.
0: See,
2: the thing about it is, you know and I'll give, I'll give you an example. Um, if you look at the Anti-Defamation League, if anybody makes any anti-Semitic statements and then someone supports them, whether you black, white, straight, gay, Jewish, you know, whatever, they will run you into the ground to talk about how dare you support an anti-Semite will actually paint you as anti-Semitic for supporting them, even if it's a veggie burger spot who makes the biggest, veg- the best veggie burgers in the country and you're a vegetarian. They will still label you as anti-Semitic for supporting them because their policies are, are, are anti-Semitic. But I've never in my life, and correct me if if I, if I miss something, I've never seen the anti-defamation department go to somebody who they know is anti-black or anti-person of color and racist and label the people who come there as racist and say don't support them. Matter of fact, you have Jewish people and you have people of all races, including black folks, who will support racist people and then they won't be racist. And so what happens, so we get this imbalance where if you're anti- any ethnicity and someone supports you, you're anti-ethnicity. But if they're anti-black and you support them, oh, you're just misguided or you're exercising your options. Either it's (coughs) guilt by association or it isn't. And so what we have, we don't have symbiotic relationships. We have people demanding things of us. And this is where I get into what you're saying, Gypsy, who demand things of us that they don't demand of themselves. They demand black folks, you know, well, we want you to do this, and we want you to be sensitive to gay rights and this that and the other, or whatever right, you know, whatever right we're talking about, whatever people. But then when it comes to us saying, well, you know what? You might have to boycott one of your, your um, LGBTQ, or you might have to boycott one of your white folks or your Italian or whatever, for what they did to black folks, I ain't, I ain't doing that. And it's like, well, ho, ho, ho! You want us to hang black folks out to dry because of their negative attitude towards you, but you don't want to hang none of your people out to dry based on their negative attitudes towards us. Like, how that works? It's mm-hmm. Like this: if we're going to if we're going to buy into it, the same punishment that you want me to dole out to black folks for being against you you have to be willing to dole out to your people when they're against black folks. And it's not, I'm sorry. Like, like Gypsy said, I'm not down.
0: I am well, not down.
5: And, and, excuse me for my boldness, but I am one sister that loves me a black man. I've only dated one white boy in my entire life. And that was in high school. While I was in high school, and this was in the 80s now, I was really digging this dude. And we were in drama class together. And uh, sometimes uh, when we got out of class late, he would bring me home. And that's how we started dating. I thought he was kind of cute. He thought I was cute. You know, nothing happened between us. We were teenagers. Here's the thing. Their parents were divorced because his father was very aggressive and abusive towards his mom. She left his butt. Now, he still stood there by his son, you know, got him through school. It was in his senior year. Got him a, what was it, back then, the popular cars were Z28. Do you remember those, those Z28 Camaro? Mm -hmm. That's what he got it for graduation. He got that car when he was 17. He got ready to graduate, and we were talking, you know, trying to decide whether we were going to continue dating or not, because he was a year older than me. And I had just broke up with my one and only black boyfriend of four years. (laughs) So I... I just thought, okay, if they're going to go white, I might as well try it, right? This terrified me for life, and I'm not saying all white men are like this, but I came over to his house, and his father looked at me, didn't even speak to me, pulled him in a back room and told him, told him, and I overheard him saying this, oh, you was just supposed to get your son to leave that alone. You wasn't supposed to bring that home in my house and all i can think of was if i was to ever grow up and have children by him or any other white man i would constantly fear for my children because they would they would be torn and after that i never dated another white guy or any other color for that matter because number 1 i did not feel that any other race could understand what I went through as a young Black female, always questioning my color and who I am or why I look this way or why my hair looks this way or why I wasn't blonder or or blue-eyed, why I wasn't, you know, white or fair-skinned. I would always worry about that, and I grew up with a complex because of that. And it wasn't until I got older until I fell in love with my own culture when I came to Cleveland, a lot of people laugh at me to this day about this. I don't care. I was so happy to see black folks, and not just in mom-and-pop shops and restaurants and hair shops, you know, but congressmen. You know, more than just police officers, I'm talking FBI. More than just doc- uh, nurses, I'm talking doctors and administrators do you know the whole time I grew up in down south, I didn't see that for myself until I came up up north. I didn't think it was possible. Hey. That's sad, but it's the truth. So yeah. forgive me for standing by my black man, but it's only because. Uh uh-uh, uh, Don't ever ask for forgiveness. Stand your
1: mind.
5: No no. Re- but you see what I'm saying? Though this is this yeah, is no, 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 no. But that's and, part of it. Right, exactly. Right. That's, 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 my... that's part of it. We
1: we don't have right. to do that. You don't have to forgive. You don't. You should never have to say, "Forgive me for standing by my black brothers." No, no, s- mm-hmm. sister. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay.
5: I'm telling and, you. And, and that's that's just me. And don't
1: and, and don't get me and don't get me wrong. I I have. I have dabbled. Yes I have. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I've been a good dabbler. <laughs> I've dabbled. Mm-hmm. I dabbled. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, right? Okay. But but on mm-hmm. the on the, on the real to real, there are mm-hmm. some things that unfortunately I'm not go- I'm gonna experience in my in mm-hmm. my lifetime that unfortunately mm-hmm. if I had a a uh, 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 white wife, or Indian wife, or or a uh, mm-hmm. or, or a Japanese wife, whatever. There are mm-hmm. certain things that culturally we're not going to understand because wow. you just, you don't live in my skin. Now I can you wow. can comprehend it, but you're not going to mm-hmm. understand it, and you there's not some to things. So, but. But that doesn't mean that those relationships can't work and be be beautiful and and, and everything Mm -hmm. work out and the kids get the best of both worlds, so to speak. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But but that's part of the problem that we're having. Anytime black, Mm -hmm. we should not have to apologize for being unapologetically black. That's mm-hmm. what that's what you have. You you have mm-hmm. to you. So if, if if imagine if you were taught these things or seeing these things or those rep, representations when you were a little girl growing up,
5: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even
1: till now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. Say mm-hmm. what you want to. He may be a freak. He 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 is a convicted rapist at this moment. Yes, he is. But Dr. William H. Cosby gave us a whole lot, just with the Cosby show alone. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Never before the it really did did. You see did you see that. And I knew people who were living that reality. I went to uh-huh. school with folks living that reality. Mom Mm -hmm. is a doctor, dad's a lawyer, you know, kids ain't shit, but, you know, hey, whatever. But I've grown up seeing that, and it's been Mm -hmm. all to the good. Now, that let me know that, hey, I can be an entrepreneur, I can do this, I can do that, because I've seen it done. Now, that's, that's, that's one thing, but for you to have not seen that, and then to know mm-hmm. that you can still do it and achieve it, mm-hmm. you are even better and further along than those of us who witnessed it yeah. coming up, because you had an intern something in your internal clock said that that was possible. Mm-hmm. So don't ever apologize mm-hmm. for for being unapologetically black. Don't ever do mm-hmm. that. so. Don't ever do and so. That.
2: And- and so mm-hmm. to take that into an action step, it's all about exposure, because mm-hmm. people become what, what they see. James Baldwin wow. said, "What our children have always failed to listen to us, but they've never failed to imitate." Us. And wow. so when you when you look at it, like going back to um, a story that I told on here before, about you know the the elderly black woman when when she was asked about you know, how segregation impacted her, she was like, I never had a negative image of myself, and negative images really didn't enter into the black psyche until desegregation. She said because when we were segregated, the black doctors, the black lawyers, the black judges, the black principals, the black teachers, the black business owners were your neighbors. She said, I used to see a black lawyer go to work. I used to see a black judge going to work. I used to see black professionals. She said, matter of fact, that's all I saw. So I never Mm -hmm. questioned what I could be
0: Mm -hmm. because
2: I was exposed to it 24 seven. It wasn't until segregation came. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. and when we deal with this, we have, this is, this is action plan. We talk about exposure. The exposure Mm -hmm. has to be planned. Because one thing that was an unintended consequence of segregation, because, you know, basically America segregated, I mean, desegregated to try to keep itself from imploding and to Mm -hmm. to squelch, you know, the, the, the fire that wasn't going away. But one of the unintended consequences were that money breeds choices, and then people tend to choose. Based on their economic status A lot And I'm saying mm-hmm. as, a, as a majority of the people And not their Social and cultural well-being So what mm-hmm. happened is It went from these places That were flourishing And creating Black wealth To these deserts And these no-man lands And now we call them food deserts They used to exist. Idlewild, if you saw it, literally it's a place called Idlewild, Michigan. It was the first black resort in the country. And so everybody and their mama came through there. Like on a weekend, it would be 10,000 people there. Now Idlewild, Michigan, if if trans kept going, is now probably mostly white and bought out because they learned about it and black folks abandoned it. But it used to be mm-hmm. that every black person, no matter what your profession was, if you were in the mm-hmm. arts, you came to and performed in Ottawa, Michigan. People came there. Mm-hmm. Now, it ain't been 10,000 people are on the weekend coming to party dressed to the nine because now we can go mm-hmm. other places. So one of the unintended mm-hmm. consequences was that with our money, we started making monetary choices instead of social and cultural choices, and we left ourselves with the dirt. So we have to start creating exposure by making mm-hmm. not economic, right, and and, and yeah. profit-oriented decisions, but start making social and cultural oriented decisions that are going to propagate mm-hmm. because there was black wealth, and they blew up the cities. If you look at, they say it wasn't, more, it wasn't just one black Wall Street, it was a bunch of
0: them. Oh, and yeah. so what happens oh, yeah. is,
2: we have to start. The action plan is create exposure. Don't look mm-hmm. at like I'm better than them. Understand that you was you became you, based on the factors in your life that let. Because at one point you had to be exposed to it. Because you didn't you just didn't wake up one day and blindly work for something, and then all of a sudden just unknowingly become it.
0: You had mm-hmm.
2: to see it at one point. So you have to make yourself seen. You have to expose mm-hmm. yourself. So people can understand that what you do is an option, and not just an option for uppity black folks who live in Beverly Hills or, you know, in ray, in, in whatever, but for black mm. folks, regardless of the situation, because that's what we had. And so that's, that's, sure. that's what I'm talking about, like the action steps, getting back to stuff like that, you know, and, yeah. you know, that that's, the, that's what we have to do. You know, and right okay. now, is go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, I love where you're going with this, but we got like 16 minutes, 15 minutes left. So let's take a real quick break and come back and really zero in on the uh, Byron Allen thing and what cool. um, if if this was you and you won. What would you do with the money if this was you and you lost? What would you do? Because that, oh. I think that is a is a way of looking at things as well. All right. Cool. All right. So this is TNC Radio. We're gonna get into ah uh, uh, we're gonna get into a classic right here.
0: And see y'all in three
1: minutes and eight seconds.
6: the revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and Four bars without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spyro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the Shapers of a War Theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. Akers, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant. And women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on *Search for Tomorrow*, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the eleven o'clock news, and no pictures of Harry Hart uh, women liberationists and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The revolution will not be televised. Will not be televised. Will not be televised. Will not be televised. televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution
1: will be live. Yo, the revolution will be live. So. With that being said, let's get some live answers. Okay. (laughs) Scenario, you're Byron Allen. You lose the case. What do you do? Anybody? 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 Bueller? (laughs) Bueller? Bueller?
2: Hey, uh, the first thing I would do, is I would sit down, raise uh, sit down meetings with all the power brokers that are black people who have the ability to create and sustain their own cable network and other um, infrastructure. And I would just see who is down. And I'm like, listen, it ain't safe for you no more. It ain't safe for me. So now we have no choice but to get back to that era where we had to work together and put it together and put together our mm-hmm. own. I would literally go and literally build every structure. I mean, Byron Allen is damn near a billionaire, so he ain't broke. Mm-hmm. I would take mm-hmm. my resources, and I would begin to build an entertainment and social infrastructure mm-hmm. to replace the one that won't let us in and just do our own. a Negro Leagues all over again. And that's, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Dr.
1: Phil?
5: Well, I kind of agree with him as well. Um, I would sit down with the Oprahs and the various millionaires of Africa. Um, even though they're not in the country of America, I would sit down and try to plan a strategy. Um, even though we were brought to this land, a lot of us was born in this land, and this is all we know. I would do my best to make the best of it. Um, and what I mean by that is I would not trust the government. I would not even trust con- uh, Congress. I would trust God and people that are with me and make it work somehow, some way. Of course, I'll have my little Swiss bank accounts or something like that on the side, you know, in case I need money. <laughs> but I would definitely, you know what I'm saying? I would I would hold my ground and I would do exactly what God called me to do. I wouldn't fold up and, and you know what I mean, and, and give in. But if I'm here and I created my life here, I'd be doggone if I let somebody run me away from it. I'm not going to do that unless I choose to lose. And that, and that's, I mean, choose to, uh, you know, to leave, rather. And that, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with that. Okay.
1: And what about mm-hmm. if you were Byron Allen?
5: And you win. Mhm. And win? I won. Oh man, oh, yeah, I get to go chains and go no, not just <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I truly, truly would. <laughs> that was, I know. Um, but no, I would seriously. I'm want to smoke, right? I would go get me a hotel room, <laughs> the biggest bottle of Grey Goose or Ciroc I can get. I'll even get a pack of cigarettes or a, or a Black and miles and I would have to sit there for three to four days and think about what the heck am I going to do with all this money? Because, you know, that, that kind of money, you have to sit and think. Because if you don't, you would do something real ignorant. So I would sit there and I would plan out my children's funds, my grandchildren's funds. i pay off all my bills. And then, oh my God, I would pick one but day. You're, you're,
1: but you're Byron Allen. Allen. But, you're Byron but I'm Allen. Byron Allen. You're not you. Yes, I'm I mean, Byron I mean, Allen. I know. So okay.
5: I'm Byron Allen. Okay. Well, first and foremost, if I won, I would tell each and every one of them to kiss my entire behind. Not just kidding. <laughs> but no, I'd be like, where my check? Where my check? Where's my check? And as soon as I get it, I'll be out of there. I would do my thing. I wouldn't hesitate. I wouldn't try to prove a point because the point is proven if I won. But I would do everything I can to get into these communities of ours and make a difference. That would be the thing. if If I was Byron, that's what I would do because he's got half of America standing by him now. I wouldn't get big-headed and forget where I came from. But I would try my best to make a difference if nothing else. I got money. I got a place to lay my head. I can buy five bins if I want to, but what about those sisters that are raising kids by their own, homeless women and children, homeless men? I would educate them to not just get a job, but become entrepreneurs like myself. That's what I would do if I was Byron. Flat out.
1: Okay. Hey, Tom, what would you do?
2: I would be the global spook who sat by the door. I would literally, I would literally, under the guise of other people, literally go to every oppressed and colonized piece of black property all over the world. And and I would start building infrastructure, buying folks out, and by the time they looked up There would be no stock Of anybody white in Africa Or in any of the islands And I would literally buy it out And I would make mm-hmm. I would make A couple white folks Billionaires To make sure that they kept their mouths shut Be like listen You and you will initially get $200 million And I will add $200 million To it Every mm-hmm. six months for the next four years to make sure you okay, But you're going to do this mm-hmm. and you're going to be the face. And then after that, mm-hmm. be like, here's your last payment. I don't care if it's $5 billion at that point, because you're getting 30 billion in the settlement.
0: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you
2: give away 5 billion of them fools or how many ever, you still got 25 billion left. And I would literally be the global spook who sat by the door and create a global infrastructure. And link it together unbeknownst to other people because they don't think it's just white folks joining white folks together but it would really be like you know the North Star you know the United Negro Improvement Association where it created a global conglomerate of black infrastructure and then you know I wouldn't do it like you know they did in Haiti literally when they said March everything white to the sea but basically I would do that economically and and um, and um, geographically, where everything that was owned by black folks would be recaptured by black folks, and I would march everything else to the proverbial geographic and economic sea, and let them fend for themselves. Mm.
5: That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That
1: is beautiful, and both of y'all put me in the, wor- in the mindset of five words. Gaddafi, Prince, and Michael Jackson. You niggas are going <laughs> to die, okay? <laughs> Just- <laughs> hey, here
0: comes Jesse. <laughs> he said Gaddafi, Prince,
1: Michael Jackson, and
2: who? Michael Jackson. Mm-mm. Gaddafi, Prince, and Michael Jackson.
1: You niggas are going to die. Uh, mm,
0: mm, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and
1: I'm, and, and now,
0: let me, <laughs> let me say it like this.
1: Every well, so
0: basically, so
2: basically, listen, brothers are going to starve or die. <laughs> pretty
0: much. No,
1: pretty much. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But that's what got Qaddafi executed. Being a, trying to, <laughs> trying to get, uh, no, no. No, well, that's true. No, that's but what he's got him, absolutely got him right. executed. Mm-hmm. He was trying to build a... Um, get a one currency for all of Africa. And they that's what got him killed. Mm. That's what got him executed. Michael Jackson and Prince... Now, here we go into the conspiracy theory. Michael Jackson, when he went and got the stuff from the Beatles, right? What most people don't know about publishing is that after a certain while, you can buy other catalogs and stuff it it inside your catalog. So it wasn't just the things that the Beatles wrote. It was things that black artists that they cherished had wrote and got jerked out of their money for. Michael Jackson found out what was in those catalogs or it was in those songwriting catalogs, found out what it was, went by proxy, got that catalog, and then just start handing black folks back their stuff, like Little Richard. Okay? Now, Mm. after that, his ass burnt up in a Pepsi commercial, and then all of a sudden he was a pedophile until the day he died, and even afterwards. Okay? So, not rehashing all of these stories, but these are the things that I'm telling you that 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 you have to be careful of. Now, if I was Byron, if I was Byron Allen and I won or lost, I would do the same thing both ways. Both ways, if I won or lost. I would yes meet with your Tyler Perrys, your Oprahs, your Magic Johnsons, your Will and Jada Smiths your Acons, okay, and then a bunch of black millionaires and billionaires and influential people across the globe. Oh, wow, we're almost done. Well, I would meet with them across the globe, and then instead of creating cable networks, apps are the way to go, create apps and do your cable thing through your apps. That's what I would do and and everybody's gonna go that route, and let like, the cable systems die out because they're doing it anyway
2: and Akon <laughs> is building a city in Africa, believe it or not,, Mm-hmm. yeah, you know?
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yep. he, he is building his own city it's gonna be like, mm-hmm. if, I'm gonna it's gonna be high tech too,
0: you know, mm-hmm. and that's the shame yeah.
2: because he ain't got he don't have one tenth of the money that Oprah Cosby or the rest of these jokers have and this Joker is literally revolutionizing life in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this I mean yep. he's talking yep. like I'm building my own city with his own he's gonna have his own cryptocurrency or something. He's gonna have his own currency. Mm-hmm. Like literally.
0: I think it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See y'all next you know, week. You ain't
2: got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> All so, right, y'all. Have a good always, night. Keep your eyes on the <laughs> sparrow,
1: y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right.
6: We'll